0: Welcome to the Achievable FINRA podcast. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. We have affordable FINRA courses for the FINRA SIE, Series 6, 7, 63, 65, and 66 exams with industry-best pass rates. Each Achievable course includes everything you need to pass the first time, a full textbook, videos on key topics, thousands of questions backed by a memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, The code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, please contact me at tyler at achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now, let's get started. So, on this episode today, we have Brandon Rith, who is Achievable's FINRA author, and he is going to walk you through broker-dealer exclusions. This is the source of a lot of annoying questions uh, on the series 63, 65, and 66 exams. There are a lot of exclusions and sort of like one-off different things related to broker-dealers, and so he has a whole episode here covering it. He's also going to go over an achievable problem on the topic. You will not need an achievable account to access this problem. I'm just going to put a link in the description of this episode to it and you'll be able to open it and follow along as he talks. Now, take it away, Brandon.
1: You've already learned about what a broker-dealer is, the registration requirements of a broker-dealer, all the forms and documents that must be filed for it to legally operate in the industry. You should feel comfortable with most of those things already through this part in the achievable material. Now, the exam will focus on those concepts, but they will also focus on when we have a firm that is not legally considered a broker-dealer or excluded from the definition of a broker-dealer. Terms like excluded can certainly feel complicated, but let's just break it down. If a firm is excluded from registration as a broker-dealer, that means they are not meeting the definition of a broker-dealer and therefore are not required to register as a broker-dealer. As you've already learned registration sucks it's just not a fun process it requires forms to be filed filing fees have to be paid you got to hire lawyers and accountants to fill out this paperwork for you Registration is just a pain in the butt for for companies and for individuals that are working in the securities industry. Of course, registration is important for the big broad picture to, to make sure there's some kind of oversight over these companies and individuals. But if there's an opportunity to avoid registration, You better believe that financial professionals will take on that opportunity. Good news, there's not a ton of significant points you need to remember to consistently get test questions on this topic, right? So let's cover those few heavily tested test topics and make sure we feel good about the broker-dealer exclusions that are likely to show up on your test. First, we have some general exclusions from the definition of a broker-dealer, and most of these will probably make sense after we talk about them. Agents, issuers, and banks are generally speaking excluded from the definition of a broker-dealer. Agents, as you've learned, are the human beings, the natural persons that represent broker-dealers when they're performing their business. They're basically the employees of broker-dealers. I know it might sound basic and easy, we have the company on one hand versus the employees of the company on the other, but you should be aware it's common for test questions to try to trip you up on this topic. Again, broker-dealers are the firms or companies that execute securities transactions for customers, and agents are the employees that represent the firm while doing the same transactions. Second, issuers are not broker-dealers. This one might feel like it's a bit out of left field, but this is to make sure that you understand the difference between the broker-dealers that help customers buy and sell securities versus the issuers of those securities. So for example, let's say Fidelity, helps you buy stock in Coca-Cola, does that mean that Fidelity is the issuer of Coca-Cola stock? No, Coca-Cola is the issuer of that stock, but they don't have to register as the broker-dealer because their business is selling soft drinks and doing other things along those lines, not helping investors buy and sell their stock. They have financial institutions do that on their behalf. So again, if I buy Coca-Cola stock through Fidelity, Fidelity is the broker-dealer, Coca-Cola is the issuer, and Coca-Cola does not need to register as a broker-dealer. Now, something that might be a little confusing here is that sometimes broker-dealers and issuers are one and the same. For example, Charles Schwab is one of the biggest broker-dealers out there, but also Charles Schwab is an issuer of their publicly traded stock. If you have a Charles Schwab account and buy Charles Schwab's stock through your Charles Schwab account, technically you're buying stock through Charles Schwab's broker-dealer business, and they, the company, are also the issuer of that same stock. Now, of course, broker-dealers with publicly traded stock trade way more than their own stock, so whether it's Charles Schwab, or TD Ameritrade, or even Robinhood, yes, you could have an issuer and a broker-dealer in the same scenario, but for test purposes, you should assume that broker-dealers and issuers, 99 times out of 100, are gonna be two separate entities, and issuers are not considered broker-dealers, Vice versa. The last general exclusion is a bank or banks. Banks certainly are part of the financial industry, they're just typically not part of the securities part of the financial industry. Banks are subject to their own rules, regulations and regulators, all of which you really don't need to worry about for this exam and that's the point of this exclusion. Hey, if we have a bank that's just doing banking stuff, Even if there's some kind of maybe security involved, like if a bank is offering a bond or stock in its company to investors, banks just generally speaking are not considered broker-dealers. Without thinking too much, just keep it simple. If it's a bank, just assume it's not a broker-dealer. But there's one big exception. If it's a bank holding company, Now, a bank holding company is an organization that has a banking business, but they do more than just banking. And whenever you have a big organization that owns a banking business, but also has other businesses, usually that are intertwined in the securities markets, that's what we call a bank holding company. Almost all of the big banks you know about today are bank holding companies. And a really good example of that would be Bank of America. Bank of America does have a huge banking operation, but also Bank of America owns Merrill Lynch. And part of Merrill Lynch's operations are dedicated to broker-dealer business services. So basically, Bank of America, in particular Bank of America's Merrill Lynch division, cannot avoid registration just because the bigger, broader business is involved in banking. So bottom line, here's what you need to know. If it's a bank and that's it, you can assume it's excluded from the definition of a broker-dealer. But if they mention the term bank holding company, bank holding companies certainly can be considered broker-dealers and they will be considered broker-dealers if a part of their business is dedicated to brokered services. Now there are two other ways that a business that might even be operating as a broker-dealer can actually be considered excluded from registration. Both of these exclusions come with the prerequisite of no office in a state. That is actually a really good test point to keep track of. If a broker dealer has an office in a state, which just means they have a physical location that their customers can go to, if that exists in a state, you better believe they're gonna be subject to registration in that state. If they don't, they very well could avoid registration. So for example, let's say we have a broker dealer that has their principal place of business in California. Maybe they have a couple of offices on the West Coast in Oregon and Washington, but that broker dealer gets on the phone and also performs some internet related activity with customers on the East Coast, let's say in New York, but they have no office. There's no office in New York. Is it possible they can avoid registration in the state of New York? It depends on what they're doing and who they're doing business with. Now the first thing to be aware of is what we call the institution rule. If a broker-dealer has no place of business in a state and is only doing business with institutions in that state, they can claim that exclusion, which means they don't have to register in that state. As you've learned earlier in the achievable materials, institutional investors are professional investors that typically are investing their own clients' assets. So a mutual fund, for example, would be an institutional investor, or a hedge fund, or even an investment advisor that's investing their client's assets, that would also be included in the definition of an institutional investor. So back to our original example, we have a broker dealer with offices on the West Coast. They execute transactions for mutual funds based in New York City, in New York, but actually don't have an office in New York, and they do not deal at all with retail clients in New York. By the way, a retail client is just an individual client like you or me and not like an organization. In that case, that West Coast broker-dealer, although they're doing business in New York, can completely avoid registration in New York because of the institution rule. The last exclusion is what we call the vacation rule. If a broker-dealer has no place of business in a state and is only dealing with customers or clients of theirs in a state that they are temporarily on vacation in, then there's no need for them to register in that state. This is a rule primarily focused around retail investors. Let's go back to our example of our broker dealer on the West Coast in California, Oregon, and Washington. Let's say they have retail investors that are customers of theirs in those three states. One of the retail customers that resides in California travels to Maine on the East Coast for a quick vacation. Now, can that customer who's in Maine call the broker-dealer or get online and do business with the broker-dealer without the broker-dealer actually being registered in the state of Maine? And the answer is yes, they can. As long as that customer of theirs is not completely relocating to that new state, then they can claim this exclusion and avoid registration. Vacation is generally speaking considered temporarily visiting a location, usually for 30 days or less. There are some related exceptions to the 30-day time frame. So for example, if a customer of theirs who maintains their primary residence in California goes to Colorado to get a master's degree, if they're going there for a student program and it's clear they're maintaining their primary residence in California and will eventually come back, then they can also claim the same exclusion. You might see test questions mention student programs or even work programs. So for example, a customer of theirs residing and maintaining their primary residence in California is sent by their employer to Texas for a short-term work program of some form, maybe for four or five months, they can also claim this exclusion, continue to work with that person, again, as long as they're maintaining their primary residence in the old state. Those are the big exclusions to be aware of for the exam when it comes to broker-dealers. Now, to bring this full picture, let's actually look at a practice question together to better understand how we might be tested on this concept. All right, here it is. Which of the following persons is not excluded from the definition of a broker-dealer in a state? If you wanna go ahead and see if you can answer the question yourself, take a second, pause the video, and we will break this down together in just a few moments. Okay, let's see if you got the right answer. This question has a double negative in it. It's really important that you understand what the question is asking you to look for before you actually get to the answers. So let's do that. Which of the following persons is not excluded? Okay, that's our double negative, not excluded. So a person that's excluded does not have to register. Okay, so if we're saying which of my persons is not excluded, we're basically being asked for the one person here that would be required to be registered as a broker-dealer. So to be clear, we have three scenarios here where there will be a broker-dealer exclusion, one where there is not. Let's go through each answer to understand why it's either right or wrong. First, FFF security executions, a person offering securities transaction services only to institutional investors with an office in the state. Okay, so they're only offering securities transaction services to institutional investors, and you'll remember us talking about the institution rule. But remember, the institution rule came with a prerequisite of no office in the state and only dealing with institutions. We clearly see that FFF Security Executions has an office in the state, so they would not be excluded. They would be subject to registration in that state simply because they have an office in that state. Now, that's our first answer. It seems like it's the right answer. But let's go ahead and go through all four answers here to confirm that the first one's correct and all the rest of them are not going to be the answer. The remaining answers should all be exclusions related to what we just talked about before. Second answer, CDE Distributions Group, a person offering its securities to investors in the state. Okay, that doesn't really say a lot there, but let's go really to the meat of the answer there. A person offering its securities to investors. Remember, broker-dealers, generally speaking, help investors buy securities of other issuers. If we go back to the language in the answer, a person offering its securities to investors in the States, that very much makes it seem like that is an issuer there. Broker dealers in general don't offer their own securities to investors. They offer the securities of other issuers to their investors and help them buy and sell them. So again, that second one there, that is an issuer. And if we remember, issuers are one of the three general exclusions that would be excluded from registration as a broker dealer. Third, Phoenix Schuyler, a person representing a securities firm while affecting securities transactions in the state. Okay, we're going to identify a really important word here that will help you figure out if we're talking about a human being, what we call a natural person, or a firm. Remember, the word person can be all-encompassing. You're a person, I'm a person, but also the company you work for is also a person. The key word there in that third answer is the word representing. Anytime you see the word representing, you can safely assume we're talking about a human being, aka a natural person. What the third answer is referring to is an agent. And remember, agents are excluded from the definition of a broker-dealer. So bottom line, whenever you see the word representing, they're most likely referring to either an agent, which represents a broker-dealer, or an investment advisor representative who represents their investment advisor firm. Last one, NOP Financial, a bank offering investment advice to its clients in the state. Well, they're gonna be excluded from the definition of a broker-dealer really for two reasons. Number one, they're a bank. Remember, banks are not considered broker-dealers. They are excluded unless we were to see that term bank holding company, that's a different story. But even if we were to see the term bank holding company, this bank here is only offering investment advice. That's investment advisor territory there, not broker-dealer territory. Broker-dealers execute securities transactions, fancy way of saying they help their customers buy and sell securities. They don't necessarily offer advice to their customers that, again, is an investment advisor territory. So that last answer is a double whammy, excluded from the definition of a broker-dealer because they're, number one, a bank, and number two, they're giving investment advice, not doing securities transactions.
0: Thank you, Brandon. This has been Achievable's FINRA podcast, hosted by Tyler from Achievable. Achievable has courses for the FINRA SIE Series 6, 7, 63, 65, and 66 exams. You can try each of our FINRA courses for free at achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.